0: Okay, all right. Welcome, guys, to Alchemy Answers 53. And uh, our first question from our patron, Average Peen, is what are good Zeus position four builds? Do I always rush eggs? What about Arcane, Aether, Tranquils? I asked last week, but it got overlooked. We'll blame Donnie on that one. Uh, (laughs) I've been having trouble being underleveled as a position four, no matter who I play. So I'm super ahead during the lane. The reason I feel like I should give my offlaner solo XP... So I'll try to leave, but if I don't get a bank kill, then I'm just level four uh, at ten minutes. He said level four at level ten, which is <laughs> pretty funny, but I fucked <laughs> up. Level four at ten minutes. Okay, so first question: uh, Zeus pause four. I do play a bit of Zeus pause four, and I play a bit of Zeus pause three, and I uh, I choose between these builds um, based on the following logic. Basically, like if I'm in a game. And I can be greedy, and I don't need any other items to contribute to my team. As in, either I don't need to contribute at all, and we're already going to win the early game, or I don't need the items to contribute to my team because I don't—I can fight without them. And I don't think anybody's going to kill me. I don't need the range from the Etherland. Then I'll skip the Ether. I won't go for the Tranquils. I'll go straight eggs. That's like the greedy build, basically. You just go for the ridiculous late game item. Yep. And or alternatively. If you think that that's like the most important power spike, you can't afford to go for those other things. That's also acceptable. Um, otherwise, I would say you usually want to, like in most games with Zeus, I would say you probably are going to need some bridge item. If you're not a, like a pause five, you're probably going to need some bridge item to be useful before the eggs. That's, that's how, I, that's how I decide. Like, if I can skip Tranquil Boots, I will. If I can skip Ether Lens, I, will. like, I want to skip these items. Yeah. But it's more so what I need in the game.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I completely agree. I think the hero definitely suffers without some sort of mana item. I mean, you can get by on clarities, but you kind of need some passive mana either from Aetherlands or, or that's Yules. That's a big hole in your Ring pocket right like there. That. Yeah. yeah. So, so whether it's Sol Ring because you're feeling extra greedy, whether it's Aetherlands because you can like take advantage of their cast range and the mana generation, or if it's Yules because maybe it's just a really good Yules game and that kind of gives you the same benefit. Plus a little bit of defensive capabilities, then I think those are all good. But definitely, as a four or a three, you want to get that ags as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, I just I go for whatever items it takes to keep me alive, and then I go for ags.
1: I also and think like that boots the of travel on that hero are in, is insane. Oh, I agree. That's I agree. So I think... good because you have the exp talent. Basically, any hero that has an exp talent or a cooldown reduction ability or talent should get bots, in my opinion, because. It just allows you to get so much extra farm and so much extra experience. Like if you get bots my, on Zeus, you instantly get to level twenty-five.
0: My reasoning, my reasoning on it is like it's interesting because I think we actually have very different reasoning. I like your reasoning. I think I think that sounds I think that sounds very logical. This is just Dota. So everybody has these different ideas. On why things are good but my my opinion on that is like i think the bots on zeus are really good because any hero that can clear waves yep. safely i think is really good with bots because they can just go to like really dangerous areas and just push out the wave and annoy the enemy team like that like you have Batrider, i think bots are really great on the Pugna. pugna like all of these heroes can, can can clear waves um and then also all of these heroes have like really high mana costs so if you get bots then you don't need yeah. to get like a bloodstone or any mana item or something like that because you're constantly in the fountain getting fountain regen, so you can just go as Zeus and like dump out all of your mana on something, and then just TP home, and then bot somewhere else, and all of a sudden you full mana again. It like really reduces the amount of downtime in the game. But yeah, no, I, I like your reasoning too, Donny. I think that's I think that's another another uh, factor for sure. Is is like is the hero good? Is the hero good with levels? Is it good to be greedy on that hero? Because I actually have heard. I don't know. It might have been God Z who said that, but I've heard, I have heard another person basically use your logic and I hadn't really thought about that before. It was more so the other things that I mentioned. Uh, like, okay. Like,
1: I've, I've been thinking a lot about Dazzle as like a three for that reason, because I think
0: Dazzle would be good with that as well. Actually.
1: Because you have the cool line reduction and an EXP talent and you also can clear waves instantly with your, your shadow wave. So you just, like, you show up, you clear a wave, you're back in the fountain, you clear another wave.
0: The Q, the Q clears waves.
1: Yeah, everything about Dazzle clears waves, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Other than the grave, so.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds really good. That sounds really good. Um, okay, so let me see. Moving on. Chai says, what are your telltale signs that an enemy player is good? That's a good question. Uh, that's an interesting question. Um I'm going to think about it, Donnie. Maybe you, maybe you have an immediate answer.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that it kind of depends because people can be good at different things, right? You know, not everybody is a mechanical god, but that that's probably the easiest one is if you're just clearly being outmaneuvered. You know, some people, you'll, you'll notice, it's like, why is this guy so hard to kill? It's just because they have, like, better spacing than you. Maybe they always have, like, a stick in reserve to make sure that they can't die and they can, like, out... Think you in these little skirmishy fights. Maybe you just find that you're against somebody that's playing a slippery hero and you just simply can never kill them because they're always, you know, a couple steps ahead of you. They're anticipating the ganks. They're always showing up on the opposite side of the map from where you're trying to go kill them. Like the, these types of things will be pretty blatant, I think, as you, um, you know, play the game out more and more. As far as like if you just show up to a lane, you're like, is this guy good? Can I abuse them or not? That's a little bit tougher, but you can usually tell. I would say within the first couple of creep waves whether they are controlling the, the tempo of the lane or you are, and it's going to be a lot more than just hero based. Like if if they have a, a hero that should dump on you and they're not dumping on you, they're probably not a good player.
0: I have the answer. I have the one true answer. You can determine how good somebody is by how quickly they leave the fountain. <laughs> That's how you can determine if somebody's good or not. Uh, in my opinion, you'll see pre-game if somebody's a good player or not. Because good players will be... And this works at every level. I don't just mean Divine players. Like, when you get to Divine, everybody they'll do all the good stuff before matches start. Divine players won't do this shit. But if you watch a top 100 player, they're going to see that, like, a Slark is at the Tier 2. So they'll go behind the Tier 1, and they'll just say... This guy's not getting to his tier one without TPing. They'll, they'll cock block him out of lane. You'll see people trying to snipe couriers. You'll see people trying to ward using tower vision. You, yeah. you can basically see before the game starts what, what level of tricks people know. And I mean, if somebody's sitting in the base for 30 seconds or even, even five seconds, if somebody's not immediately out of fountain, they're probably not good because... 5 seconds to 10 seconds is enough of a difference that you can't get into a position to snipe Courier. You can't get into a position to to stop somebody from getting their Quelling Blade in lane. Like, there are tricks that you can do in a game that require the 5 to 10 seconds. So if somebody is not leaving Fountain in the 5 to 10 seconds, either means they've won AFK, which probably determines that they're not that good, because if you're going AFK, you don't take the game that seriously. So why would you expect to be good if you don't take the game that seriously? Or they don't know the good tricks. They require those five to ten seconds to do, and that, of course, because they don't know the tricks, and Dota's all about knowing things. They're not good by that definition. So that that that's what I would say. It's like a pretty good indicator.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, sometimes you'll get people, even like people like pro players on stream, will go AFK and then they'll buy their items and then run out to lane. But very rarely, it's like you, an exception.
0: Yeah, yeah. In, that, in that situation, it's like that. That's that's not that's not super common. People yeah, usually yeah. have a pretty good habit of, of getting out of base.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: okay, so Chai also asks, do I think Lotus Orb is an underrated item? I think it's underrated in pubs, but I think you can see in pro matches, people like four rolls are rushing it in, in certain games. I, th- I think Lotus Orb is, is rated pretty highly, and I think, it, I think it's really good. I think it just has not trickled down into pubs yet because people are bad, including 7K players. Like,
1: we're all bad. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's over or underrated. I think it's a good item. I don't think it's like the best item in the game. Uh I think it's a very useful item, but I wouldn't say it's underrated. I think it's like a as if you had to rank the defensive items that you can go on a support hero or an offlaner, it's probably like thirty percent, forty percent of games, you probably want one. As like a, a second or third item, maybe.
0: Yeah, I mean I I, I still think I still think that's pros value it a lot higher than than, than pub players.
1: That's so. just in general. I think pros always value utility higher than the average pub
0: that's player. That's true. That's true. So I guess by definition, then the answer is almost yeah. yes for like the utility items. That's true. Just because pub players are like, that's not a desolator. <laughs> that doesn't do damage. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I played against a Mars the other day that went phase boots, deso. No stick, no bottle, no soaring, no vlads, no bassy, no blink, nothing like that. Just... <laughs> Phase Boots Deso, and he was like a Divine 3 or something queuing into a game, and I was just like, fuck, man, I can't believe I'm losing to a guy. And his team was like Zeus, Ultra Farmed Life Stealer who already had a Deso as well, and it's like, he made the choice to go Deso in a game (laughs) where he needed no damage when they already had a Desolator, and he fucking won. The amount of fights that they lost because he didn't have a blink, it's like we were actually coming back in this stomp of a game because they had no team fight, no catch. <laughs> it's right. like, dude, that's your job. Gesso <laughs> is not your job.
1: Yeah, right. I actually won a game the other day that we had no business winning because the enemy team. The it was it was a pretty high rated game. I think it was like, uh, I think there's like a rank 200 on either side, and um, I was playing position five Zeus and the other team had a void who was divine three and he went mask of madness and oh that's cool and he was dying to our drow every single fight because he would run in chrono somebody mask of madness and drow would two shot him and i i went back because one of the guys on the other team was streaming and i went back and watched the game from his perspective or parts of it and for like 20 straight minutes he was just like sell your fucking mask of madness it's literally killing you and losing us the game and the guy did and bought a butterfly and then he bought another mask of madness and lost the game after oh my god
0: butterfly void man jesus yeah that's that's rough that's rough sometimes like a lot of the times i'll look at i'll look at like uh coaching students replays and i'll see their items And I was like, you know what? You could honestly have gone for a lot of stuff here and it wouldn't really matter. It's like a lot of the time items lose you the game rather than like win you the game. It's like you go for an item. It's like, dude, there's so many other items you could have gotten. And this just just was a useless waste of your gold. And that's why you lost. It's not like, dude, you should have got a blink. It's like, you shouldn't have got a deso. Like you should have got something else instead of that. You shouldn't have rushed assault your ass. You could go glimmer. You could go force like it's usually the the opposite Um, anyway um speaking of of these items uh tips for laning as an offlaner versus lifestealer how are you meant to do anything to this hero i mostly play sand king and centaur unless i have a bunch of retaliate stacks i feel that is mercy okay so i have two possible answers for this uh answer number one is that there are quite a few heroes that you can pick to just like totally shit on uh lifestealer if you get like abaddon or legion the hero just can't do anything in fights because he uses the his slow on somebody and you purge it. You also do really well in lane against Lifestealer. You could pick, like, Ursa, Monkey King. There's pretty hard lane counters. Slard. But I would say the most... Slardar, of course. Yeah, Slardar's the biggest counter. Slardar's the biggest counter. However, I would say the biggest problem with Life Stealer is that no matter what he's up against, he will basically pressure the same amount. Like, the hero does not pressure at fucking all he just yeah. doesn't get pressured so you can pick really greedy offlane tim uh like lycan or something like that and just completely decimate the game by having a hero that you otherwise wouldn't usually be able to pick uh against against lifestealer you know you could like weaver you could necrophos like these heroes that you don't necessarily see in a lot of games you could just go carry build and they will never pressure you, you can just sit there and lane against them so make sure to abuse the fact that this guy doesn't fucking do anything. You can cut waves against him. He can't do anything. He just sits there. And it's like, I'm going to lane no matter what. Cool. So will I.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that the wording of that question was a little bit telling. It sounds like you're having trouble because like you're trading with the Lifestealer and he's out trading you because you're a Strength Core and you're just hitting him and he's hitting you back, which Lifestealer wins. But really, the answer is just ignore that there's a Lifestealer in the lane. Basically, it's like he doesn't—he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't yeah. actually do anything unless you put yourself in a bad position. There's so. a lot of
0: really greedy shit you can just yeah get away with against that hero. He doesn't almost nothing. You could like clink offlane. lane. Yeah, you could just slark off lane against Life Stealer and own him. You can Veno off lane. You can Visage. You can Viper. You could you can you can
1: play like... Invoker off lane and go Midas and have no problems against. Lice yeah, Stealer. yeah,
0: definitely, definitely.
1: Um, it's it's just not a not a
0: great hero for pressuring, but it doesn't get pressured. Okay, uh, so let's see. Why is Ags on Gyro preferred over Moonshard? All right, let me look at the math on this one. It's Ags. kind of an
1: interesting question, just because the, the consideration would be that Moonshard probably gets your attack rate to about the same as like an Ags would as a first or second item on the hero, but you also have to realize that you're sacrificing a huge amount of tankiness, some extra damage from the agility that you get from the stats, some some pool. So AGS gives you a lot more than just an increase in your DPS from attack speed, basically.
0: My thought, my thought when Wink asked, he asked this specifically to me, but I think we started talking about some other shit. And my thought when he first asked this to me, I was thinking, like the AGS, it hits while you're stunned. It hits while you're disabled. Like it just it just constantly goes. Yeah. And I believe, I believe that. I believe that the AGS gives you a farther attack range. Like I think it's longer than your regular attack. If I if I recall correctly, one sec, let me look. AGS, I can I can look this up. Side uh, gunner, so it's within a 600 radius every two, 2 seconds.
1: What's your regular? Your I think your regular attack range is like at least that long. His attack range is 365. Really, it's that short. Yeah, it's pretty short. Wow. Okay. So, yeah So, so
0: the AGS gives you yeah the AGS gives you more range. Um, if you're stunned, it can it can work as well. And uh, also, it's I mean I, I guess like just the fact that you can like hit and then hit immediately after it's like a lot of burst. Yeah. Like po- possible burst. It, it's it's the small things. It's the small things. For me, it's like I really like that if my gyro is stunned. Then he still keeps hitting. He still keeps doing damage. Like a lot of the time, like with, you get a Satanic with the Aghanim Scepter. One single hit of that side gunner is enough to give Gyro 40% HP, right? Right. So you pop a Satanic, he gets stunned, he side guns, it can save him. I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty important, especially because like everybody's going Satanic, second, third item on this hero. Well, third item. Right. Yeah. Or fourth item. But everybody's getting a Satanic on Gyro at some point. Um, Unless you have anything to add, Donnie. Any any
1: No, I, I think it's it's more along the lines of like you can get sort of the same amount of utility out of a Moon Shard and an AGS, but AGS also has like five or six extra benefits that Moonshard just doesn't have. Yeah, yeah.
0: Definitely. Um okay. Average Peen says Eddie Mercury is on my D 2 L team and he could use some encouragement. He's an amazing pause five, and we don't want him to leave. I agree. I think Eddie Mercury is an amazing position 5. His early game is fucking incredible. Let me tell you. Absolutely incredible. And, uh, I mean, that's what you want out of a pause 5, I yep. think. Uh, once again, I think that Eddie Mercury's biggest issue is confidence Yeah. Um, and wanting wanting to play the game and not... That's yeah, basically confidence. It's basically just confidence in all psychological and I would just, I would issue, or I would, uh, uh, what's the word? I would, I would really encourage Eddie Mercury to instead of focusing necessarily on like replays and all stuff like that, get your head into a good space if you're going to be playing in these in these tournaments. Like, really focus on just on being healthy. Like, you know, go to the gym. Make sure you're not hungry or you're not tired when you're playing. Make sure that you actually want to play the game. So that way, have some fun yeah have fun with it have, have fun with it. Fun, exactly
1: for sure Like i
0: I think uh i think eddie's very similar to me where if, if i'm if i'm tired or hungry uh or just losing confidence if i didn't sleep for like a good amount of, I, I can just i can just feed and and, <laughs> and i can't i can't figure out how to win the game quick enough that i'll just feed another death and then i have to think about something new and i'll feed another death because like in dota it's yeah totally it's like it's like driving man if you're t- if you're tired and driving and you lose focus for a second, you could fucking crash. And, and there's no coming back for that, you know? It's like, from that, you're you're like a vegetable for the rest of your life. But in Dota, luckily, it's for a game. You know? But, if you're... Yeah, if you're... Let me tell you, man. Let me tell you. I've been it looking is... up some stuff on it... sleeping.
1: Yeah, and, sleeping uh, is nuts, man. Sleeping is super overpowered. Apparently, <laughs> apparently,
0: if you stay up for longer than 24 hours, just 24 hours, which is not that long, I, I'm sure all of us have done it at least once, uh, you will it's equivalent to being intoxicated while you're driving. It's it's you're over the limit. Yeah. Like,
1: it's really, Legitimately.
0: It's really bad. If you I, get less than six hours of sleep, they say that you take like two to three second micro sleeps while you're driving less than six hours. That's not a lot. Yeah. Isn't that fucking crazy?
1: Yeah. It's really, it's really not good. <laughs> Lack of sleep is like one of the worst things that you can have.
0: So yeah, just, just focus on, focus on your, on your mental health. You don't need the mechanics. You're already, you've already got all of that. Just focus on on, on B and U. And then you'll be you'll be fine. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, Wink says as a position one, is it better to wait for the ten minute mark to rotate to the offlane to push towers with siege, or rotate as soon as you hit your power spike around eight minutes? Earlier the better. That's what I would say.
1: Yeah. I I mean as, as don't, early as possible. Don't rotate as like a void with one point in time, walk two points in bash, and one point in time dilation or something like that. You know, wait till you have your your power spike. But once you hit it, feel free to get out of your lane. Like, there's no reason to really stay there. You can always make the the map look better for you by being the first person to move. Yep, definitely. I would say, yeah, I would say as
0: early as possible without just ruining the game. Like, if yeah. you, like, if you know, if you if you rotate like Donnie said with those really shitty levels and the ability. And then you kill somebody, and you can't even lane there solo, and your offlaner can't even go and lane against the guy that you are go- that you were originally up against. Like, once you make a rotation, there's going to be a switch on the map. You probably, ro- you probably change places with your offlaner. Yeah. Or you need to go jungle in the area while your offlaner takes the lane. And it's like, if you rotate and you can't jungle because you're not high enough level, then that's not a good rotation. Or if you rotate and you can't stay in the lane, that's not a good rotation. So as early as it's a good rotation, you should go. There's no, like, minute mark that you should look for. But it's usually between 5 to 10 minutes. Like, 10... 10 minutes is is pushing it. And the reason that you should rotate at ten, at 10 minutes or later is only if like current lane setup is already winning you the game and you have absolutely no reason to want to push towers. You have absolutely no reason to break down the laning stage, which I would say happens less frequently. Um, yeah.
1: yeah so. um, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, was gonna, right. I was gonna kind of go on a tangent. <laughs> Thank you, like, like Thank you, <laughs> you know, sometimes like if you're in an unplayable lane, it's even okay to leave and just go jungle at, like, level two or three. If you oh, yeah, legitimately yeah, exactly. can't lane, just let your support be the solo experience, and if then you can go get jungle get experience. If it's going to get
0: your team more gold per minute, then do it. That's yeah. that's how you make rotations. Is it going to make your team better? Are you going to be better off? If you have to go as a an anti-mage and support your offlaner to make the map look better, you should do it. In fact, I've literally seen in competitive and high-rated games, I've seen core players go and support a lane because they know that if they do anything else, it's not going to be good for them. Yep. In particular, like that happens when the when the enemy team gets good lanes, it's like they get some bat rider versus timber or some counter matchup like that. They just say, you know what? I'm just going to support on timber. I've, I've literally seen people jungle on timber, so that way they don't just end up being against like a really bad lane matchup, and it fucks the enemy team because they have to sit the bat in the mid lane doing nothing because right. they want to get the right lane anyway. Moving on. Yep. Um, Val says I'm having trouble giving pressure to the enemy safe laner. As an offlaner, maybe feeling too scared. Feels like I'm just happy to get an okay game myself while giving the enemy safe lane core free farm. How do I train myself to be more aggressive in the first five to ten minutes? Once again, this kind of goes back to like the lane rotations thing and the offlaning versus lifestealer. You have to look at what is realistic in the game. If you have a lane that is supposed to pressure, then you pressure it using the most consistent, effective thing possible. I've seen a lot of people overplay their hand where you know that you're supposed to win a matchup, so you dive and then you die or you take too much damage, you have to use a salve early and you fuck up your whole lane. Just sit there, pull when you need to pull, harass whenever there's no last hits to get, uh, stand and make sure you're standing on the right side of the, the lane. There aren't that many variables that you need to figure out. All you need to do is make sure that if you are finding that you are in a matchup where you should pressure, look at the replay and figure out why you didn't pressure. It's usually going to be something as simple as I needed to stand towards this side of the lane so that that way they couldn't come up and last hit. I needed to go help my support pull. I needed to go stop the enemy support from pulling. I needed to block this camp. It's going to be something like that. It's not going to be, oh, I should have epically hit more last hits because if you're in a winning matchup, you could be shitty at last hits and you're just going to, like, the matchup's winning, right? So it's like there should be, should be something that you're doing to secure yourself those last hits. If you fuck up the timing, you fuck up the timing. I mean, that's just something that you learn by, by practicing it over and over again. But everybody gets good at that so quickly. We're all human, right? Like that's not that's not a hard thing for us to learn. We're all very very good at making something like that like an automatic process for our bodies. It's what we've done for thousands of fucking years. So I would say, yeah, make sure to just watch your replays and focus on the matchups.
1: Yeah, I um, I think that basically what you were covering there is just something that we've talked about so many times, which is a lot of it comes down to just hours played, right? You know, if you're constantly switching up your heroes, then sure, you're you're probably not going to know when you should be pressuring. Like exactly what you're saying, Jenkins. If you're in a winning matchup, then you're just going to kind of win the matchup by playing the lane normally. But how do you yeah, know exactly. if you're in a winning matchup? You need to play that matchup over and over and over again and play aggressively. Like we've said this many times before as well. Push your limits. Play aggressively until it becomes just straight up feeding and then scale it back to like a reasonable amount.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I ag- agree. Uh, Cheeky says, Hey, friendos, I've been losing a lot of games lately while knowing how to play the map correctly, but I just can't coordinate pub games to ward, camp, farm the enemy jungle, roche pit, etc., etc. But I find people just blatantly dire feed in a part of map part of the map that they shouldn't be they just listen to calls we lose a fight because our carry is farming our triangle we just wipe three heroes or some shit then the snowball comes from that we lose while i'm just crying my room with minus 25 after (laughs) minus
1: 25 praying for a decent team thoughts that's your problem crying no your main problem is that you're expecting a good team game of dota in solo queue pubs not gonna happen it's never gonna happen Consistently, at least, you might get one out of every hundred games where your team actually listens to your calls every single time and follows and plays together. So you're looking at the game completely wrong, in my opinion. If you are blaming people not listening to your calls or like not playing the map correctly, that's your job. Play the map correctly yourself. Make stuff happen yourself, and your team. What will, I what like. What I always. Better. Sorry, my, my bad.
0: Um, what I always tell the like coaching students when they complain about this sort of thing is that. Uh, at least my my rule of thumb, and I think this is a pretty decent. I mean, I think there's a pretty decent uh, flow to to follow, let's say. Um, you just trust your team to do the right things and you just do the right things. And whenever they prove to you that they can't do that thing, then you play around that. You just say, okay, this guy's gonna go be doing this. So how can we play the map to enable him to do this? All right, let's try this. Okay, that didn't work because he's doing this. Okay. how do we play the map to? make that good and and that that's how you need to figure out the game and if you get to the point where there's literally nothing that you can do then that's just going to be a loss but all you need to do is get to that 51% win rate you don't need anything higher than that to gain MMR you just 51% win rate play enough games over the course of a you know a couple of months and you're going to go up 500 MMR which is like an entire badge yep. so that's that's all you have to do I would say you want to trust your team so like let's say you're the, the example uh, recently from coaching was I was coaching somebody who was playing Jokuro and they had OD, they had like three other heroes that could set up for the Jokuro spells, they had tons of stunners and they went for a Yules and I said this is useless, you should have a Glimmer Cape you should have a Force Staff because you have other heroes to set up for your abilities and where I would see this as acceptable is if you've tried to play with your team and they have proven to you that they're incapable of of playing with you on on a many levels, because sometimes people fuck up. You want to give them the benefit of the doubt, and you keep trying within reason. But if they prove that they can't, and you need to play with that Yule scepter, then play with the Yule scepter. But in that particular game, the OD that was on his team had proven that he is very competent, and that he was able to be fought around. The other hero, I think, was like a Slark carry, complete fucking idiot, just get feeding all the time, and so couldn't couldn't he couldn't play around the Slark. So he's playing to the Slark and not to the OD, and that's the mistake. Is that good players will realize. That they need to play towards that OD, they will make those adjustments because that's all. That's all this game is, is. Is it's literally just like taking these scenarios and treating them like they're individual puzzles that you need to figure out. Yep. Lanes, bounty runes, playing with certain teammates, things like that. And uh, if you, I, I think if you think about it that way, it makes it a lot easier to just play with idiots, and you won't feel as bad when you lose either. Because it's like, okay, this is one of those games where. I couldn't do enough to win the game, but I tried as much as I could. And from what, what I'm hearing here is that you you weren't, you didn't go down like the list of things, that you, of things that you could try. You just kind of stuck with the right thing to do when it was the wrong thing to do because you weren't adjusting for your teammate.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, like some of the best examples are when your team needs a specific item to win fights. Like, I mean, Dust, for example, right? We can take Dust as an example, but let's say your team absolutely has to have have a hex to be able to win a fight. You have to jump a specific hero and hex them and kill them. And you're playing anti-mage. You know, sure, you should probably go for like Abyssal Blade, Manta, Butterfly, Scotty, these kinds of stuff. But what is stopping you from buying a hex to win a fight that's going to win you the game? Nothing. You can buy the hex. It's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with having the correct item to win the game at the right time. So ideally you should say, hey, we need a hex to win this game. And if nobody buys it after a couple of team fights, just do it. Like, do that job. Add that, play around that, add that as part of the jobs that you have to do. And you're going to find that, like Jenkins said, either you You win or lose based off of that. Unwinnable games.
0: You'll win games that feel unwinnable. And that's the 1% that you need.
1: Yeah, I I was playing a game recently where the enemy team had a Tinker. And they also had, like, a Pudge and some other super tanky, like a Wraith King. Like two super tanky cores. And I was like, hey guys, we have to kill the tanker every fight. And my cores would just go on the pudge and the wraith over and over and over and over again. And the tanker's just in the back line, just missling away. I'm a position five shadow shaman with like brown boots and like a bracer. And... Uh, I think I was like halfway to some other item and I just, I sold all of my shit and I bought a blink dagger and I just waited and blink hexed the tinker every single fight. And we still lost because I was literally just a no item blink dagger shadow shaman, but at least I was getting the tinker who was the only reason that we were losing the fight and then my team wasn't following up. So we lost, but what what can you do at that point?
0: You can't feel bad with losses that you just tried everything that you possibly could.
1: Yeah. That's
0: that's the bottom line. You it's just a game that you're gonna lose around fifty percent of your matches. You go to anybody's profile, they're gonna lose fifty percent. So it's really bad to let the losses get to you. Once again, going back to the Eddie Mercury thing, like I think a lot of us are impacted by, by the, it could, a lot of us could focus more on like the psychological aspects of just just being in the right mentality after losing a few games, and that would gain us a lot of MMR. more. Anyway, uh, a bug says, "What is the best way to use my time as a ganking position for like Spirit Breaker in the mid game if nobody on my team can effectively kill combo with me? Usually, I just sit where I think the enemy is going to go and absorb ganks. That's really good. I was actually going to say that. Yeah. Uh, so my cores can keep farming. That's fucking." really good dude that is really good i would say that's amazing to do but sometimes i feel useless while my position five is able to clear waves of spells my team sometimes flames me uh for taking lane farm from the carry Uh, in other words when i'm playing heroes like spirit breaker skyrath or bounty hunter uh who can't clear waves quickly uh this is just the nature i I think they should flame
1: you actually if you are taking lane farm because if you're on one of those heroes your whole like impact in the mid game is not being seen Hmm. So you should sit near a lane and just let your five or your carry or your mid or your off lane push the lane and just sit there absorbing the experience but not actually showing you Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I think those like those heroes just aren't reasonable to try to get any farm with other than through kills because they farm so unbelievably slowly that if you are farming versus heroes that do farm quickly, like Alina or something. You will just get out farmed and lose. This is something that I realized with Abaddon the other day is that the hero doesn't farm very quickly. There's this period where you want to stand in front of towers and like you can farm lane then because you're farming just as fast as other heroes and you can defend towers that way. But if you're doing that for like 20 minutes after that, most heroes farm faster than an Abaddon. So if you're just farming versus their farm, you're you're gonna lose. And you, you obviously don't want to play to lose the game uh just because it's getting you farmed. So I would say you're you're absolutely on the right track when it comes to absorbing ganks so your cores can keep farming you want to you want to play aggressive you want to play standing on hills you want to run up hills first so your cores can walk up behind you and farm uh you want to stand near lanes so that way you know scouting shrines maybe so that way like you can charge whoever or go on whoever if your cores get gone on like you you need to be the hero that enables farm unfortunately you aren't a hero that farms but you enable farm by by doing the right thing and uh, if your position five gets more farm than you then that's fine. Just buy a shitload of bracers, become the five yourself. Yeah, that's total. That's totally fine. Sometimes the game needs to work like that.
1: One little trick I do want to say is that if you're playing one of these heroes that just doesn't clear creep waves very quickly, you can still push waves by just killing the range creep every single time. Because yeah, that, I mean, spearbreaker, feel free to no charge time. through the wave. Like, yeah, yeah charge you through the wave, arcane bolt the range creep, shuriken the range creep, and then disappear off the map, like. Because your wave will push and then you can just kind of like sit there and, and be invisible or in the trees as the wave pushes because there's no range creep and your wave does have a range creep. And then you'll slowly advance the map control with your creeps uh, without having to just sit there and hit.
0: Only if your cores are, aren't in a position to, to yes. do that, to take that farm. Because yes. heroes that can clear waves should just be clearing waves. Like if you're Phoenix or Alina, I don't care what you're... The reason that hero is is has strength is because of the ability to clear waves that's that's part of it yeah so you need you need to abuse your strengths otherwise you just want to pay those. but these heroes are viable the heroes you listed are viable. it's just you need to play you need to pl- you need to make your impact once again I guess final note it's just like I've, tr- I've tried to play these heroes where they're like farm it- it feels really fucking bad to farm versus farmers <laughs> yeah, it feels yes. really bad yeah. and you'd much rather just be feeding and make yourself a position five and feeding to give to give vision and stuff like that than to than to farm yeah. because it's 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 way more useful same thing with like you know pudge like you want to fight so you pick the hero you fight even if it seems kind of bad you you fight because otherwise what's the point of picking and picking the hero unless you're waiting to fight later but anyway that gets into a whole other topic um all right that's it for questions donnie do you want to do a speed around from chat
1: yeah, chat. Put your questions in real quick, short ones. We'll give you a couple, couple word answers on each one for the next five minutes, and then we'll call the episode. But um, as always, thanks to our patrons for the questions and their support. Patreon.com/slash Dota Alchemy. Yeah, hit us up. Yeah, if you support. want some uh... support, the boys get your questions answered every single week. Maybe grab some of this uh, sweet alchemy merch that we're rocking here. If uh, you want to support the, the stream, too. How,
0: how was your day? My day was good. I drove to truck, picked up my mother-in-law. Uh, she is drinking tea with my girlfriend right now, I believe, out just outside this room. Uh, I had some tea as well. And that leads to the next question. What kind of tea am I drinking? I'm drinking. What are, you drinking? are you drinking tea?
1: Yeah, I got some, like, white jasmine tea, I think. Oh, yeah, you're only like drinking that? the white teas.
0: I think... What kind of shampoo does Jenkins use? I use Pantene. What do you think people buy? Monkey King Bar and Faces Void so early, No sources of ev- of evasion. I think because his time lock allows him to like hit twice, so these like proc abilities are are really good on him.
1: I think it's pretty terrible though. He'd rather just have a Maelstrom
0: <laughs> most of the time.
1: Yeah, you should definitely go Maelstrom first. Uh, is Battle Fear still viable
0: on I- item on heroes that aren't Am?
1: Situationally, building... yeah, I think situationally it's still good on like Pa. Uh, could be okay on a hero like Juggernaut yeah, against okay. yeah. against Phantom Lancer or something like that.
0: When I get Lotus Orb on a five late, should I wait to cast it to debuff or preemptively? depends on what's on the enemy team. DG you can put it preemptively. Like if you're in a situation where you know you're baiting somebody, preemptively is fine. But uh, sometimes there's games where you just need to cast it after the fact just to purge something. Yep. And it's usually pretty obvious. Uh, hey guys, what other offlaners should I play that aren't sustainers like ABBA, Legion, or, or Omni? Earthshaker, you uh, on support puck,
1: pretty good. Leshrac maybe as well. Yeah, the hero's just good. Um, I'm a Luna 5. I build my Luna as a 4 via auras. I have success, but is it truly any good? If it's winning you games, just do it until it doesn't. Why not? Is
0: Zeus 5 a meme? Your replay looked selective. Yeah, Donnie?
1: Uh, no, I've won five straight games with that and i would say i think what is my win rate anyway i no it's not a meme i've been winning with it basically every game that i pick it
0: why is doom fallen in the meta now
1: people slow. forgot about he's, it he's slow i think he
0: i think he's pretty slow needs needs items he can't get them needs desperately and uh doom cooldown really long
1: yeah Lean I think I five. think it's probably underrated though because OD is super popular Fo- faces void super popular like there's definitely very good doom targets Yeah right yeah
0: now. it's probably underrated but I don't I th- I think I think it there's needs There's better heroes for sure. I think I think it needs some buffs still. I do think it needs some
1: buffs. Uh let's see Nick's assassin in this patch good against OD. He's good against OD. Probably slightly underrated, but it kind of feels like he's super feast or famine. Either you have a good game, or you just do absolutely really nothing. good if
0: you can abuse his like scouting. Yeah, if some like invoker or hero that just needs somebody to run in first and and scout, it's really it's really cool. Um, Elevate. I'm curious if your rank slash metal. What's your metal
1: elevated? Uh, it's divine four and five point three k MMR right now. Nice, nice. When's the collab between speed and? uh
0: Jenkins or us and speed uh we probably should get on that i've been minus came back and kind of been
1: didn't didn't really catch up on that but I, we probably should at some point it's
0: not like we 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 have a discord for it actually we have a discord with
1: oh yeah we actually do right we were going to do yeah. bowie henry speed and us and we were like all right let's, we're gonna let's make two- like a, a stream team or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah let's see um how
0: skilled are people who are on top 100 with dota buff heroes not really skilled yeah it,
1: it almost has nothing to do with their actual skill level unless they have like pro as the thing that's next to their name if they're like diamond or whatever you have no idea they could have literally just played three thousand games on the hero
0: Hey, guys, I play 15 hours every day and still losing MMR. If I play alone. What can I do? Number one, uh, making excuses that it's because you're playing alone. That's going to like if you already have a reason for it, then that that's a problem in itself, in my opinion. Uh, with, with respect, I say that as somebody who also makes the same sort of excuses, and then you got to snap yourself out of it. You always got to look to blame yourself or you're not going to improve. Uh, and then with that being said, 15 hours a day is way too long. Get some sleep, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Eat some food. Uh, probably play less and just think about the game more if you really want to get
1: play a third of the amount of dota that you're playing and you'll probably win mmr i
0: was pretty happy to notice i was on top 100 in my most bad sorry indeed (laughs) indeed i am uh i mean you you could possibly be high immortal and also top 100 yeah but um that's probably that still doesn't mean it's an indicator i mean you, you're just good and it's not an. you can still be good and have it not be an indicator it just means almost nothing Thoughts on like getting, tons of
1: like thoughts on what thoughts on getting w on witch doctor first for trading why not just get okay. maledict and trade with that i,
0: I don't know i'm i, I, I <laughs> people used to do the w i think maledict's yeah. probably people used to do sure hey jenkins does pudge want to farm or fight uh, Pudge wants to fight, because you want you want flush heap stacks, but he's actually pretty decent at farming, which is why people play him as a uh, as a uh, pause one sometimes. The rot is actually pretty decent at, fi- at at farming. But he would ideally like to just get those flush heap stack. What I think of Sumia, is he the best invoker in the world? I've, I've seen zero content from him, to be completely frank, but I hear he's really good.
1: Yeah, it's kind of hard to judge. I mean... I would say that Miracle is the best invoker in the world, but his, he, he, he does not it anymore.
0: What's Sumia's rank? Well, what's his MMR? I
1: don't know. I think he's like 6K or something like that. Probably pretty good. That's, that's
0: pretty high. Yeah. But I'd say, like, generally most 7K invokers are going to be better than 6K invoker. Like, not mechanically, but you're going to be fighting in the right areas. You're going to be, like, doing doing the right things on the map, which is way more important than mechanics on a hero.
1: Yeah. Mechanically, he might be the best. Who knows? in terms of, like, spell selection, that kind of stuff. But when it comes to actually playing the game of Dota, which is what actually determines who's the best at a hero.
0: Which is exactly why the top 100s on Dota buff is meaningless, because it it puts, like, legends and and divines and stuff up there with, like, crit and Arteezy, and it's like, well, no. (laughs) No fucking way, man. You can't just compare with, like, TI winners because of of some pub stats. Um,
1: All right. I think... I think that's probably good. Thoughts? Any, any final thoughts for everybody?
0: I love I love my YouTube subscribers. I love my patrons especially. I love you, Donnie.
1: Thanks, man. It's mutual. All right, we'll see you guys later.